Well, good morning. Good to see you guys. Good to be here. And uh, it's my privilege to speak to you today. It's really my honor. I love it. I'm used to speaking to about 15 people. So this is, but I get kind of, so if I get a little excited, it's because I, uh, this is fun for me. I, I love, I love God's word. I love it. I love it when we, when we come together like this and it's the center focus. Like this, God, God has a message for us today. He wants to talk to you. He's a personal God. And I know some, some of us are on in different places of our journey. Like some of you may be here today and you don't even, you don't even know what this is about really. You came to, to maybe just check it out and, and figure out what is this thing they're doing in that building, you know, and, and, uh, the the flags might be confusing. The the there may be some weird things that you've seen already that you don't quite you can't put the pieces together today. But this is about following Jesus. This is about that word disciple. Jesus Jesus taught us that word. It's a word they already used. But a disciple is just simply a person that follows Jesus. And in Kosovo, I live in Kosovo. I live. Most of my friends are Muslim. Uh, most of the people that come to my church are Muslim, <laughs> and uh, and I have a few people that trust Christ and follow Him. That's my life. That's where I stay. That's where I. That's where my everyday existence. And so at church, usually I I hold up my Bible, and I show them the book because they they don't they they're not familiar with this right here. They don't know what this is. Um, they've heard of a Bible. They're a little afraid of a Bible. They won't touch a Bible generally. And so I just show them my Bible, and I say, this is what a Christian does. They say, are you a Catholic? What, like, what does this mean? Catholic, Orthodox, you know, what, what brand are you? And I say, no, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and we open this book right here, and we listen to what God says, and we obey it. We do it. And what ends up happening is that the power of God works in our hearts to allow us to obey him. That's just how it works out. So if you're if you are new to this, then uh, then then God wants to speak to you today. He and I would encourage you to listen to him. If you've been doing this for 70 years, I would encourage you today. God has something new for you. You haven't heard it all yet. You haven't. You couldn't have. There's no end to it. So let's let's sit up and take note and see what God has for us today. Amen. Are you with me? Let's read a story. I have, the, I have the privilege to speak on giving today and missions. Man, what a reminder as we see all the nations represented of, of what God is doing in this local assembly and through you. To give to the nations. You're doing it. I'm so proud of you. I'm so encouraged by you. You're doing it. And, and today, let's just look at a, at, at a couple of things Jesus said. Okay, Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, look there with me, he's, he's sitting in the temple, Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. You got your Bibles today? Are you guys just uh, awake, asleep? How you doing? Did y'all stay up all night? Okay, well, then I might do some of this, okay, and just kind of keep you going, all right? You ready? Who, did, did you guys, did, did anybody else in the room help with this event right here today? Just raise your hands up. You did, thank, good job, good job. Anybody, you did, great. Great. Man, we do this at our church where we do a weekend thing for our youth. 
And uh, it's just so cool how the whole church comes together, huh, Blake? And the, the whole church just becomes a community that loves on students. And uh, there's a tons, of, tons of things you could jump in and do for these guys uh, during this weekend that would show them love. So I would encourage you to be, be praying for this thing that's going on, be, be a part of this thing that's going on. Every year, jump into this. I love it. I'm so proud of you guys. So glad you're here. And uh, I had the privilege of speaking to them a couple of times already. So... Okay, Mark chapter 12. Here we go. Jesus is sitting in the temple with his disciples, the, the ones that were following him. And Jesus had these guys that would, would go with him. They, they left their nets and uh, they left their jobs and they just spent time with Jesus. Where he was, they were. What he was doing, they were doing. They were learning as they go. It was withness. It's, this is what discipleship looks like. Uh, if you if you are doing discipleship today, but you're but the but it revolves around an hour on Sunday morning that you're teaching somebody, then you're not really doing discipleship Jesus the way Jesus did it because Jesus lived with his disciples. I'm not saying you have to live together, but you need to spend time together. It's really about spending time together. It's really you need to see me. Okay, if you're my disciple, you need to see me on my bad day. Like you need to see me when I'm mad. You need to know what makes me angry. You need to, and I'm not really an angry person all the time, but I have been. There have been times in my life where, where things made me angry and it wasn't the right thing. Right? Anybody with me? Come on, guys. Okay, thank you very much. Whew, I was feeling alone there for a sec. There's, things, there's times in my life where I wasn't following Christ, and it was, it, people need to see that. They need to have an example of what it doesn't look like. Just as much as, and they need to see me in my weakness just as much as they see me in my strength. So if you're, if you're discipling somebody, allow your, allow your, just open your heart up, open your life up to them and say, hey, here's what it actually looks like to follow Jesus. Because you can make anything up for an hour on Sunday morning. You with me? And I have no desire to do that. Really want to be real with you guys. And I think Jesus wanted the same thing. So he said, hey guys, let's go hang out at the temple. Have you ever been in the mall or something and you guys ever people watch? This is what they were doing here. So they were, they were watching people. Jesus, verse 41, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people. It's like, he's, he's like, hey, Mark, or Peter, check that out. <laughs> look at that guy. Look at his, look at his robe. <laughs> I wonder where he got that. No, I'm just kidding. But they were, they, were, they were watching people, okay? And they were watching people putting money into the offering box. So they had an offering system here. It's not like our system. They had a box where they would, they would all walk up and put their offering in. Many rich people put in large sums, and, the, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live in on. And Jesus was taking an opportunity as he's with his disciples to, to, to give a lesson on giving. He's showing them what it really looks like to give. We think giving is about the amount, but it's really not. Jesus said that right there. It's not about the amount that was being given. He, he, he brought attention to this poor widow, and he said she gave more than anybody else did. She gave all she had. When, in Kosovo, we are oftentimes in people's homes. And uh, uh, they had a war 20 years ago, and a lot of the men were, were killed in that war. 
And so often I'm in a home with a widow that is poor. Poor. I mean poor, poor. This is, it was the poorest country in Europe recently. Poor. Average income is 350 euros a month or something like that. Poor. We're talking poor for our standards. And so I'm sitting there in their home, and you know what they do? Because in a Muslim culture, hospitality is really high value for them. They bring me their best. If I sit there, if I, just if I come in the door, um, they, the, they, they bring me to a room that's clean. We sit down. We talk. They spend time with me. They give me their time. They stop everything they're doing to give me their time. And then they make me a cup of Turkish coffee, which you have to sort of develop a taste for. It's pretty strong. It's pretty awesome. It's like espresso, except it's got coffee grounds in it. You know, like it's real bitter. They don't filter out any of the, the bitter stuff. All you, all you coffee snobs, it's not the best cup of coffee in the world. Um, but it's great hospitality. And I love Turkish coffee because when I'm drinking Turkish coffee, it means I'm sitting in a home with somebody. It's just super fun to do that. And with the coffee, they bring out these snacks. And if you stay long enough, they bring out fruit. And if you stay longer than that, uh, they, they'll fix you a meal. Like, they don't stop. It doesn't stop. If you drink, uh, they, they also do tea. And you have to make sure you leave a little tea in the bottom. If, the, if you go all the way to the bottom and drink it all, she's right back to fill you up. They just don't stop bringing it. They give, they give, they give. It's just part of their culture. I love it. I love it. But uh, I was in a home recently where the widow was so poor that she poured me a cup of coffee and then, and then she, with shame in her face, said, I, I don't have anything else to bring out. I'm sorry. She could tell she felt bad because all she had was, was coffee. That's poor. I get this, this widow lady. I, I, feel like, I feel like I know her. I feel like I, 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 I don't identify with her, but I know her. I've seen her. And in this instance, man, she was making a really hard choice. You, do you feel the weight of that? Like she gave up her penny, and we were like, okay, whatever. I mean, good job. Golf clap. No, Jesus said, no, you don't understand. She gave up everything she had. Can you imagine? Everything you have, not in your pocket, but everything you have to live on this month. You put it in the offering. I don't trust the church with that. I don't, I don't trust God with that. I, w- I could never do that. Now, this is not going to be a sermon where I twist your arm to give a whole bunch, okay? Because that wasn't Jesus' point. He wasn't saying, hey, guys, so you see that? So give everything you got. Give, it, give a whole bunch to the Lord. What he said is, guys, look, that's what giving looks like. That's it. Do you see her heart? She trusts the Lord. She trusts the Lord. Look at... Turn over to one more verse, and we're going to just stay here. But, but don't forget that story. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And without faith it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is, is this uh, action based on a belief. So you might tell me, I have faith today, and, and the book of James was, was say, you talk about faith to show me your works. Tell me what you're doing, and I'll tell you whether you have faith or not. Now, that's not a legalistic thing. That's just the facts. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
So apparently, there's something about obeying that goes with the disciple walk. It goes with the disciple journey. It's a test of where I'm at. God didn't just say, obey me. He said, when you obey me, you love me. You're proving that. (laughs) It's about love. You see that? So he's not saying, hey guys, y'all go out and make sure you do everything I told you to do. He's saying, hey, get out of here and love me. And I'll know if you love me whether you... Whether or not by, by how you act, by whether you obey me or not. Discipleship, we cannot, we cannot rule out, we cannot throw out this whole thing about obeying God when, when he talks to us. But, but what I see in verse 11 is, first of all, first of all, he says, without faith it's impossible to please him, this idea of faith, for whoever would draw near to God, would you like to be close to God today? Would you like to be close? Does your heart, like you sitting there wishing, I just wish I knew this God that you're talking about. Are you disciple? You've, you've maybe wandered off into a random field, so to speak, and, and God seems far away. He's not, but he seems far away. But if you would draw near to God, you must believe that he exists today. Who is this God? Do you believe he's real? Do you believe he's present? <laughs> Who is he, though? How does he exist? What form does he exist in today? Is he near or far? Is he loving or unloving? Is God patient with us? Or is he hard on us? Is he, is he like, why can't you get this right? Is that the God we know? It's not, is it? Right. Amen. It's not my experience with God. Now, it's what, it's what I thought he was to begin with. I thought God was harsh and cruel and impatient and distant and just, just expected me to do the right thing. I found out as I have experienced God, as I have walked and believed he exists, there's this faith that has to happen. I take a step. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when I take a faith step, It's a step that I haven't seen yet. It's something I haven't experienced yet. It's a part of God that I'm like, okay, I'm reading this, but I I have not experienced that yet. But Lord, I believe that you are that, and so I'm going to step in this. I'm going to step. It's a step of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And without believing he exists, as he stated that he exists, it's impossible to uh, be... Have faith, okay? So, so we, go, we walk towards God believing who he says he is and not believing who we've made him up to be in our minds. So is he, is he trustworthy? Is he faithful? Is he kind or harsh? Is he loving or apathetic? Could he just care less about you today? Or does he feel love for you? Has he spent time thinking about you? The Bible says he spent time thinking about you. He has sung songs over you. He wrote a song and then sang it. (laughs) You didn't hear it, but he did that. He cares. He cares what happens in your life. And we walk through life thinking, oh God, where are you? Where are you? Why have you left me in this space? And God says, just just believe. Believe that I exist. Just take a keep stepping. Keep drawing near. Keep moving towards me. And I'll show you. I'll show you that I'm real. I'll show you who I really am. So we have an option today to, um, to, to really place faith in God 
and, uh, and to believe that he exists or, or to go the opposite direction and not trust him. So trust is often the difference between faith and flesh for me. In my own heart, I find that if I trust the Lord, I tend to be able to take those steps of faith. But if I'm having a hard time trusting his character, trusting who he is, trusting what he says that, that he is, that he's, that he's the God, that he proclaims he is, I make, a, I make up this God in my own heart that I believe is, is real and is not real. It's a lie sometimes. But if, if, I, if I really believe who he says he is and I trust that, then I, I tend to take steps of faith. Trust is the difference between faith and flesh. So in finances, God, God even affects our finances as we're obedient. When, when I'm discipling guys in Kosovo, within the first six months, we're talking about giving. Like this is somebody that just met Jesus, was just born again. Because giving is something that is foundational. John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. This is the God that we know. He's a giver. He is a giver. It's in his nature. It's what he does. God is generous. God is a giver. <laughs> and so when we are become children, daughters and sons of this great God, then what happens in my life is I become a giver. I give because I've been given to. <laughs> some, some of you maybe today are saying, I, can't, I could not handle one more message about giving. Like if they bring this up one more time, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm so tired of hearing people give, give, give. Give, give, give. They're always passing that plate through in front of my face. And you know why you can't give? Because you're not receiving. God has so much to give us. And we just in pride and distrust we step back from him. We say, I got this. I'm fine, God. So much. He's so generous. He has so much in store for you. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. <laughs> There's a reward in it. This is good stuff. He doesn't just say, okay, you've had enough. No more for you. He is, he is super excited about giving. And when God gives, this is what I found in my own heart. That when I'm receiving, when I'm in a state of receiving from him, and, and I have plenty, it's super easy for me to give. I don't have to hold on. I don't have to be clingy. I don't get mad when somebody, when somebody has a need around me. My wife, my children, my church, people around the world, anybody that has a need, I have something to give when I'm close to Christ and when I'm receiving from him. You get that? It makes sense, doesn't it? Isn't that good? Praise God. That he's a giver. Praise God that he's given to us. And we can, we can trust him in that. So, it's dangerously possible for me, though, to just kind of go through daily activities of Christianity and, and not walk by faith. Not take steps of faith. Faith looks like in my finances when I have to make hard choices. When I'm faced with something that I have to sacrifice or I have to give something up for the person next to me. Or it may not be finances. Giving has a lot to do. Like I said with my wife. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's time with your kids. Maybe it's serving for D now. Maybe it's staying up all night, right, Blake, with somebody with a bunch of middle schoolers that have smelly socks. There's a lot of ways you can give. There's tons of things that, that God calls us into, and if we're not trusting him, we will have zero to give. And, and if, we're not, if we're not 
faced with a crisis today of, I don't know if I have that much to give. I mean, when you looked at all those flags, were you overwhelmed? The, The need in the world is overwhelming. Just go to Jamaica and you'll be overwhelmed by the need. Just sit down with one Jamaican and you'll be overwhelmed with the need in that person's heart. We don't have enough to give, God. This is not possible. And God says, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Just, just trust me. <laughs> he said, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. And God can give more through us than he ever gives to us. But we've got to be in this. We've got to position ourselves to, to receive. Okay? So do you trust him today? Faith is, is, is trust. Uh, last, just wrapping this up. Giving, giving is a test. You know, we talked about obedience. Giving's a test of whether I'm seeking the reward or the God who rewards. Let's just read that verse one more time. Look at it. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. So who is God to you today? Is he trustworthy? And that he rewards those who seek him. The reward, the promise of the reward is not, does not go to the one who seeks the reward. It goes to the one who seeks him. We, we get this all wrong. We're like, son, go to school, get a good, good education, then get a good job, and you'll have all the things you need. And God says, no, no, seek me and my kingdom first. Put me first, and I promise to take care of you. I promise to take care of you. Don't buy into the lie that this world sells, that we can take care of ourselves. We have a Heavenly Father that wants to do that for us. And, and yeah, you, you apply yourself. You get up every day. You live. You make your bed. You go out. You do things. You work. Yes, but God is the great giver. The promise of the world reward does not go to the one who seeks the reward, but the one who seeks God. It's a huge difference between me earning things, me achieving things, and, and me receiving things. Achievement is based on my own abilities, but, it, but receiving is based on God's grace. Which one do you want? Huh? You want to wake up every day and feel that pressure of getting life done, making life happen, meeting your needs? Or would you? Would you be willing to believe today that God loves you enough to be gracious to you and that he wants to be generous and give you the things that you need? And if you and I would just wait on him, wait on the Lord, allow pressures in our life to not be solved by our own solutions. Just sit and wait on him and say, God, I need you. I need you to give to me. Then we would learn that God is a giver, that he does supply need. Change happens when God meets my need. In my life, there's no quicker way that I've grown in Christ than when I had this great crisis and I waited on the Lord and then he provided. When's the last time God provided in your life? Financially, yes, we're talking about. But anyway, anyway, when's the last time you needed breakthrough and God came through for you? I pray that you guys will walk in grace. So, lastly, God doesn't need us to give. He doesn't need us to give to him. He's not asking for the things. He's asking for our heart. And he knows the things oftentimes have our heart. So he wants to take our, he wants to take our toys from us and spend time with us. He said, you're distracting. Distracted. You're staring at your phone and you're not looking at me. I want your attention. And, and oftentimes, 
he says, the great giver says, hey, would you be willing to give up? Would you be willing to give up the things that you've earned or the things that I've given to you to have me? He rewards those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him is the way most versions would translate that. And today, if you've given up on seeking God, if you've given up on this idea that he wants to give to you, maybe you're facing some great obstacle in your life, maybe a sin, maybe a struggle, maybe a disease, maybe a relationship. There's something that is overwhelming and you need from God. You need him to give. You need him to give. Would you believe today that he wants to give? Would you trust him? Would you step in faith in that? And faith would look like you seeking him diligently. Seek him until you find him. Don't give up. Seek him when it doesn't make sense. Seek him when you don't feel like it. Seek him when you wonder, does he even care? Seek him diligently. Because there's a reward there that you and I could miss out on if we don't walk in faith. Hey, reaching the nations for Christ is going to take givers. It just is. And this is what a disciple learns to do because God is a great giver. Giving is not about how much you're able to give. It's about how much you're able and willing to give up. In pursuit of the giver. Does God have your heart today? Are you his? Would you be willing to give up anything for him? Let's pray. Father, we we need you. You've given so much. Desperate for you today. We ask that you'd meet our needs. Would you give to us? Teach us. Teach us who you are. Show us, God, what a great and mighty God you are. How much you love us. How gracious and generous you are. Your loving kindness never fails. You have pursued us. Show us what it looks like by faith to pursue you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.